0: Our sermon today is brought to us by someone that that I've known longer than perhaps anybody else in the world, as long as anybody that I've known, 38 years. Yeah, since you were born, I've known you. Um, I I don't think I have to to drone on about who Selphie is, but let's, uh, let's... Give the Lord and Selby a big round of applause <laughs> and open our hearts for what God has to share with us. Thanks.
1: I think I have to hold this. So hi everyone. Hi everyone online too. <laughs> so good to see you. So you know, the what was on my heart was already <laughs> preached and done and spoken by uh the worship really that's all we need to receive today is already been spoken to us it really has so i'm saying that because just just receive it just receive what the lord is doing in us his presence is like a healing presence um, to uh bring freedom to set us free um i was praying on uh, a couple of days ago i was saying you know, I, I wanted to share, share what I'm gonna share and but I was saying, Lord, what is what is the thing you want us to um, to know? What is gonna be that foundational thing that is needed so that everything that I that I say it's gonna land on that and, and because that's solid, because that's right, that's what you're saying, it's gonna land and it's gonna do it's gonna stick, you know. And I felt immediately a thought came to my mind. And the the words, simple words were, you're mine. The Lord is saying to us, you are mine. So therefore, everything that he says today and every other day of our lives, it's because we are his. It's possible. And sometimes things have happened in our lives that that... um, that understanding, the clarity of that God is saying, you're mine. You're mine. I've got you. I've protected you all your life. My, My goodness, my mercy has followed you all your life because you're mine. So I think God wants to give an emphasis. He wants to bring an emphasis on that. So, you know, I just felt like Let's respond to God. Let's respond to him. You know, looking in his eyes and say, God, I'm I'm yours. Whatever else comes with that can come because I'm yours. He's saying, you're mine. Who's touching you? Who's able to touch you? Who's able to take something from you? Who's able to harm you? What has been done that I can't redeem in your life? The Lord is saying, you're mine and when we belong to him there is good consequences that come along because we are his so lord we thank you we are yours lord we open our hearts to you and we say we are yours we love you lord we love you because you call us yours lord so we just want to come into agreement with that we want to say to everything inside of us that might think differently Every area in our hearts that that sometimes has wondered who we are in comparison to God. Lord, today we want you to open and stretch our heart. We want you to increase that, that understanding of who we are. That you have said, you are mine. And Lord, we open our hearts to that understanding. And we, we ask, Lord... That everything that you speak comes and lands on that, and solidify it, Lord, and cause it to bear much fruit, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I was. Um, what was on my heart was uh, about justice, and um, you know, a lot. All of the songs we sang were about, you know, the things that we're going through. But the but the God of the who can move mountains. That, um, you know, he's the God of the, over the winds and the storms of our lives. And, um, and keeping our eyes on him. And so I was thinking that um, so many times, like, um, I, I almost wanted to call this message heartburn. <laughs> because sometimes when we think of a situation, whether it's happened to us, or we see, we see something has happened to somebody else. We watch the news, we see so many stuff that it's just we know it's not right. And um, and the heart burns, like our hearts burn. We think of stuff that's happened to us in the past, things that are not right, they're not just. It's caused pain, it wasn't fair, it's not good, and it causes our hearts to burn. and. Like a couple of weeks ago, we were at uh, Laura and Pat's cell group, and someone was sharing a story of a, a little girl who, because of trouble in the home um, with you know with the dad, that they had to be sent and they had to be put in a shelter. So this little girl, uh, we were thinking of how we, we you know we were talking about how she could uh, grow up with it having a really bad childhood. She could grow up having really bad memories. She can have stresses when she grows up because her memories have been not good. There's stress and there's stuff that's happened. And so she will end up having a lack in her life because of what has happened. So our heart was burning with that. Um, So I'm talking about situations like that. But then, you know, we were reminded that in scripture we hear about the God whose kingdom is founded Unjustice and righteousness. Everywhere we read in scripture, it says, just a couple of verses, Psalm 72, 2, he will judge your people with righteousness and the poor with justice. 89, for righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, O God. Psalm 1 or 3, the Lord executes judge uh, righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. So his kingdom is founded. His whole, everything that he has done is is based on that. He's a God of justice. And our our hearts burn. We know wrong. We can see and we can feel the injustice because we're designed after a God who who is aware and who is uh, concerned about righteousness and justice. And so I was thinking, I was saying, God, why? You know, I, I wasn't saying it this time, but I've asked the question many times, why God? There's so so many things that happen that are not good. And and the Lord helped me to understand. He said, you know, Salpi, I don't stop you from sinning. I don't stop you. When you sin, when you say that wrong thing, when you do the wrong thing, I don't stop you. So a lot of times things happen, um, and it's not... God, it's because there is others involved in a situation um, that are hurting, there that that is sinful. Some may even be evil. Um, we know that the enemy is out to destroy our lives, bring harm to us. But God is a God of justice. God's heart is that we receive justice in this life. Because he's, he's righteous, and he's a just God. You know, I, w- I grew up in Lebanon, and um, I was, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 years old during the Civil War. And there was absolute chaos. There was no order. There was no police. Anybody could do anything to anybody they wanted. Uh, nobody could go to the police. Uh, the police stations did not exist. You know, it's just that if something was done, then your justice was that you brother your your uncles <laughs> your your friends would come together they'd grab some guns or they would grab clubs and they would come and beat up that person who did something to you that was the justice that was it and so in it's in this um environment that oh, one day my dad didn't show up uh from his work it was like midnight and he didn't come home and um you know after a while, I could see the panic in, in my mom's face. I could, she's trying to call. You know, phone lines are down. And Dad did get home and he had a really pretty bad story to tell us that he was something had happened in a, in a car. There was a car accident that he hit someone, and this person was so upset with my dad. He was on a motorcycle with his friend. The f- friend falls down. Th- he, they don't know if he's dead or not. so the guy pulls out a gun and tries to shoot my dad. And um, to make the long story shorter, he kind of kidnaps him and he says, you're going to take my friend to this hospital, which was in an area that was unsafe. And we as Christians were not allowed to go there because it was part of the Muslim. uh, So anyone who had a name even that was not Muslim would uh, be harmed, and, and, and to be fair, it was the same, that in the Christian area, anyone who came who was a Muslim, they would also be hurt, you know, it went both ways. And, and so he was held at a gunpoint, he was taken there, and eventually my dad escaped. And when I would hear the story, my heart would just twist. I would feel violated. Because every time my dad would tell the story, he would be like, I, I would t- be holding my tears because I wanted to be strong. But I felt violated. I felt, how dare they do this? And I could feel my little heart starting to become really angry. And my heart starting to develop feelings that I knew were not good. And, um, and he told this story many, many times. And he would really, he was a passionate guy. He would tell it with passion. And I would feel that passion, but it was all negative. It was all very harmful to me. And because it was harmful for my dad, he went through it. But something happened one day, and my dad added something to his story that I hadn't heard before. So as he told the story, he would add the phrase, but God was with Joseph, because his name was Hovsebh which in English trans- is translated to Joseph. So he would he add that phrase. He would tell the story in his you know, passionate way, but at the end he would say, but God was with Joseph. And that did something to me. It put me in a different version of that story. I was now in a different version. Same story, same events, same stuff that happened, but all of a sudden, I, something came into me that I had an understanding. God was in the picture. And all of a sudden in my little heart, because I knew that story of Joseph from Sunday school, and I knew that the, when the God of Joseph was in the picture, God was redeeming things. So everything, you know, the story about the little girl, the things that we hear in the news, we got to have a perspective where God, we have to see the God of Joseph entering the story. Because he's a God of justice and he's a God of righteousness. And so I understood that that man wanted to harm my dad. I understood that the enemy of our soul, the enemy of God, Satan himself wanted to bring harm to my family. He wanted me to grow up without a dad, maybe, and, and cut short my dad's life. I, I, I knew that. I knew there was evil. But all of a sudden, I recognized the God of Joseph was now starting to do something that what the, what the enemy wanted to do, that God was stopping that God Almighty, that the lion who is in charge of the wind and the storm was now rewriting something that was meant to harm me. I want to read a little bit the story in Genesis, just a short uh, part. In thirty-nine, Genesis 39, uh, so the story is that Joseph was, um, there were 12 brothers and his brothers became jealous of him. And they actually wanted to kill him. They ended up putting him in a pit for him to die there. But one of the brothers said, let's maybe sell them. So some, um, some uh, a caravan was coming by. So they took Joseph and they sold him to the caravan as a slave. Think about it. Like you, you hear the story. He, his own brothers. Think about it, his own brothers wanted him dead. You know, talk about betrayal, it's the closest people to us, when they betray us, it, we're so hurt, there's so much hurt, so anyway, they, it, he sold as a slave, and he ends up being purchased by, ends up being in the um, Potiphar's, becomes Potiphar's slave, who was an officer of Pharaoh, was the ruler of Egypt at the time so now we go to the story where um, the the Ishmaelites sold him he was taken to Potiphar's house and look at what it says verse 2 the Lord was with Joseph and Joseph prospered and he lived in the house of his master and when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success Everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and he became his attendant. Like you can, you can take that word out where it says success and you can say, so the Lord was with Joseph as a slave, betrayed, sold, hurt in his heart. Who knows if there was offense, if he was like bitter, how was he, he was the favorite of his father. Now he's a slave in a foreign place with a master over him. But with, because the Lord was with Joseph, he prospered. In other words, God gave him justice. He wasn't meant to prosper. People meant something else. People meant for him to live in a non-prosperous way. But because the God, God was with Joseph, Joseph got justice in the, in the house of his master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him, how? I wonder how. What was Joseph Joseph's attitude that his master saw and knew that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success? The Lord gave him justice. He wasn't meant to succeed. Things were done to him to harm him. And everything Joseph did found favor in the eyes of his uh, master. The Lord gave him justice. And so Potiphar put him... Uh, potiphar put him in charge of his household the lord gave him justice and he entrusted to his care everything he owned god gave him justice and he eventually becomes you know over everything so and then everything's great it's fantastic but then something happens where potiphar's wife now accuses him falsely of, of sexual misconduct you know and so all of a sudden the enemy is trying to do something else here's another betrayal here's another finally his life is coming to be something there's another betrayal there's another accusation there's something else that the enemy's done to bring him down to cause his life to be destroyed So, uh, down verse 20, he was actually sent into prison because, you know, Potiphar was like, well, how dare you do this? He didn't know the story. So, now he's in prison. So, but while Joseph was in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness, justice. And granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Justice. He's meant, he's meant to be put down. But because the Lord was with Joseph. You see the justice of the Lord. It, it, you know, it, it was meant to destroy everything that's inside of him. His emotional state, he, he was, he, he, you know, what was done to him was supposed to harm him. But the Lord was with him. So you see Joseph actually prospering. what the enemy meant is not going to happen to him. And, you know, everything that was happening to him, I was just envisioning that God is just sitting there and he's telling his his angels, he's saying, okay, re-edit that, edit, edit, edit that part. The enemy is meant to harm him. The Lord is saying, oh, we're going to edit that part. We're going to turn this so that he's going to prosper. Oh, wait a second. This person is, is doing this. The Lord is rewriting Joseph's story constantly. He's editing what the men what the enemy's doing. He's editing what we do to ourselves. He always edits what others do, what we do. He's constantly editing to create a story. He's a God of justice. And he's and we're his. Be- it's not that we have to you know okay i'm i'm this i've i'm i'm all good now i've made my life so perfect then he can edit my life he says you're mine it's my responsibility to make sure your life is edited from your own garbage from your own mistakes you're mine i'm going to edit your story i'm going to make you become experience justice even when you've done stuff to yourself that you know it shouldn't end up really good because we're his but you know what there was something i was thinking like joseph had a job to do too he had to while god is doing the editing of his life he joseph's jobs was to keep his heart clean he had to oh i'm sure there was bitterness in his heart I'm sure there was pain, but he wasn't lingering in it. He wasn't allowing it. Why? Because we know that God could be seen in him. They could see the God of Joseph in Joseph. So he was editing his own heart. He was saying, I'm not going to stay in the anger. God, I'm giving it to you. The bitterness, the anger, the resentment, the betrayal, the self-pity, I'm going to give it to you, God. I'm not going to hold on to it. Because God, you are with me, and you're a God of justice. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you. Uh, uh, Nineteen ninety-eight. I struggled with. Uh, I was tormented, actually, with anxiety attacks, with panic attacks that were like severe. They lasted about six months, and. Um, I remember one day when I was, actually I was in Ara's parents' house. They had a very small house. We were living in Texas at the time, but we came here for a visit. And while we were here with just a couple of suitcases, with the kids being two and four years old, I just got anxiety all of a sudden out of nowhere. And it was tormenting. It was not something that the Lord sent. It was not from God, but it was there. And, and I remember one day I was lying down in bed and I was actually having an anxiety attack. My whole being was shaking. I was like, I need to run because my, my internals aren't good. I need to go. I need to get up. I can't get up because I'm going to fall down. And my, my goal became, my goal in life became that I would, Lord, grant me ability that i could go to the park that's 2 minutes away from my house with my two kids that was my goal in life you know you talk about baby steps have small have have small dreams well that was uh, it, i'm telling you because it was intense so that was my goal that i will one day <laughs> i have a dream <laughs> one day i will go to the park with my two kids and be able to survive that experience so in this in this chaos, in this state, I remember one day I was lying down in bed. It was probably seven o'clock at night because I couldn't stay up longer than that. And um, thank you, God, for a, a supportive family that carried me, embraced me, and took care of me and and my family. Um, but I, as I'm lying down, I could I could ha- I had a picture. It was a really nasty picture. The picture was that I was in front of a mental institution and, um, uh, I was opening the door and I, uh, I was going in and this tor- horror, horrific thought that, oh my God, I'm going to end up in a place like that because I didn't have too many good thoughts in my head. and. Um, But in the picture, I saw a shadow next to me and as if in my head, you know, in my head as if I could, I just kind of focused and I could see Jesus next to me. And all of a sudden, he took the door and he opened it for me and he said, let's go. And he walked in, we didn't walk in, but he opened the door for me like a gentleman. And and I knew that he was going to come in with me. And in all of that chaos... In all of that torment, something entered me again. I said, the God of Joseph is with me. If Jesus is going to be with me in this chaos, I'm going to be okay. You know? You know so, and, and it was a surrender at that point. It was a surrender. It's like, Lord, if you are with me and you are, I can handle anything. Do I need to go there? It's going to be okay. It's gonna be okay the enemy has brought injustice in my life why should I have to go through this why what have I done wrong Lord I'm repenting I'm confessing my sins Lord I um, am surrendering my life it's not going away the enemy meant harm my own thinking probably had added to some of the struggles I was struggling and thinking about but the God of Joseph was with me it was gonna be okay so you know we were also talking about that little girl and that day on uh, at uh, Laura and Patrick's house we we prayed for her and we declared over her life we said Lord what is meant for her will not touch her she will grow up healthy with no emotional scarring in her life. She will not know that she's missed out on everything because you're going to fill her wherever she is. You're going to fill her. And you're going to give that little girl justice because she's yours, yeah? So in every situation, God is rewriting the story. He's like rewriting. He's editing her story. She's in the shelter. And God is saying, yes, rewrite that. Okay, now, now this it's oh, yeah. I didn't want it to be that way. The story was, was about this in her home. Okay, we can work with this. We're going to rewrite and we're going to give her um, justice. We're going to bring her justice. So, but our job is to clean the heart, to make it right, to constantly forgive, like go, go to the Lord, remind ourselves we are his. He's a good God. I was writing down as we were singing, through it all, my eyes are on you. It is well. It is well through it all. It's not just that, oh, God, thank you. I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. But right now, in whatever situation, whatever has been done, whatever has been done, do you know, whatever has been done, the God of Joseph was with you then too. We don't have to to tell him our issues. Like we don't have to say, God, you don't understand. He was with us. He took good notes because he was re-editing it. He was rewriting it when it happened. He knows. We got to give him, give God back that ability to be God, the God of justice. That when this happened and my life was to be messed up, That God said, not only am I rewriting, editing the story, but I'm working in your heart. I am weaponizing you. He's weaponizing us through our stories. He's creating us to be people that now go. And we can bring this God of Joseph, our story. And it can become somebody else's story. Every mountain moves. He is greater. Mountains will be thrown in the sea. So let go my soul and trust. Waves and winds still know his name. His mercy never fails me. Never. He's been faithful all my life. His goodness is chasing me. He's running after me. My own craziness, my own stupidity. Whatever has been done to me by evil, by, by evil people, by hurting people, by sinning, sinners. His goodness has never stopped chasing me. Never. It's never stopped chasing you. If one of my favorite that came to my mind yesterday, I think his name is Randolph, right? No, what's his name? The Lord of the Rings. Uh, Gandalf. 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 Gandalf is the good, good one? Yes. Gandalf. Okay, Gandalf gandalf okay the he, he rose by any other name never, never mind okay so anyway you know that scene i think it's the scene like he's on a ledge, the battle of by the edge of this thing and the, this this huge powerful dragon comes out and he's to fight the good people and he stands there and what does he say you shall not pass that's always been my favorite line probably in any movies of all times you know it's not like a romance movie where he says i love you i you have my heart it's like that's my favorite line you shall not pass cuz i feel that the lord's done that the lord's done that to me so many times i felt the lord saying what the enemy meant he speaks to the enemy he says you shall not pass she's mine she's mine, you shall not pass, whatever it is he wants to bring to you, the Lord is constantly declaring that over our lives, he's speaking that to the enemy, you will not pass, you will not, you are not allowed to bring that, the situation might happen, our story might have really nasty events, but what was meant to come and to bring us and to leave us with a lack the Lord says, no. No, it will not come to, to the one that I call my own. He's mine, she's mine. And, and then I was thinking, you know, um, I want to say this in a sensitive way because um, sometimes, sometimes, maybe a lot of times, I think maybe more a lot of times than sometimes, when something has happened, something really bad has happened. Um, that the heaviness we feel, the burden we feel, the, the pain we feel, it's not only because of that event or the events, but it's because we've added stuff to it. Because the Lord is able to, uh, to heal us in his timing right the lord has a time where we have to grieve a situation where we have to you know we're receiving our healing but sometimes it lingers longer because we add to the situation so what do we add and, and you know we add a little bit of offense we're offended now the stuff has happened the stories happen S- situation has happened and now the Lord has that to deal with. That might be, you know, okay for the Lord to do. But now God has to deal with our offense. We're offended. We're hurt. We can grow in bitterness. We can, we can kind of swim in like a little bit of, a lot of self-pity. Right? So the Lord has to now deal with that stuff. And I was reminded of a story in the Bible. Um, it's in Mark 5. It's when uh, the waves and the winds listened to Jesus. And he crossed over to the area where um, a demonized man run, ran to him. And uh, and scripture says in Mark 5 that he had his dwelling place, like his home was in the tombs. So that was his place of existing. That that. The tombs were his homes. He stayed there all the time because no one could come near him. No one could talk to any sense into him. No one could help him. No one could, you know, grab him to control him because he lived in the tombs. So it caught my attention when I looked uh, on uh, the actual meaning of the word tombs in, uh, in the Bible in the Greek, It's referring to, I don't know what the word is, but um, if you go to the uh, uh, blue letter Bible and go to that word tomb, this is what it explains that this is what it's referring to. Uh, I wrote down the definition. It says tombs, at least this tomb in Mark 5, any visible object for preserving or recalling a memory of a person or a thing or an event so tombs is where there are memorials made and where we are constantly recalling constantly keeping alive a memory a thought can you believe this happened I can't believe they did that c- c- can you can you believe what happened and then they said this, rehashing, rehashing, recalling, and you actually preserve in your mind, you preserve that thing that has happened. So that means there is no, there is no living and stepping into the edited story of God. You're constantly going back to what happened, what the enemy meant, what this person did. Look at the consequences. Because of this, now I will not, I do not. Look at my emotional needs. I'm depressed because of this. I'm stressed because of this. And the Lord is saying, get out of the tombs. Come out of the tombs. Because there's no help there. Nobody could help this demonized man. And it's tormenting. Those thoughts torment us. They keep us constantly Less than trusting and knowing we are his. And he is for us. He's a God of justice and righteousness. That he brings his whole kingdom to us. When something happens, God actually brings his kingdom to us. And he says, he brings it next to us and he says, you shall not pass. My kingdom is a kingdom of justice and righteousness. This I am now editing. Your life will be different. You will not live out according to this version. But my job and your job is we got to leave the tombs. We got to get away from there. Do you, you know you have the right? We say... I have the right, I have the right to feel like this, I have the right to be this upset, or I have the right to fear, you know, the, it, it doesn't necessarily mean the tombs are like uh, only uh, things that people have heard us, it could be fears, I'm living in a place, I'm recalling a fear, what if this happens, what, what, what if, what if, it could be a, a thing of fear, a place that I'm constantly reminding, rehashing myself, thinking over and over again, or sometimes we say, well, I have the right to be angry. If this was done to you, you would be angry too. I, like, maybe I don't know how many years ago it was. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Pick a number. I'm not sure. <clears throat> but w- I w- something was happening over and over again. And one day I was like, you know, like, I, okay, I've had it. I've had it. Enough. I don't want this thing to happen to me anymore. I'm done with this. And I felt this anger inside of me, and it it wasn't, you know, there's a righteous anger, (laughs) this was not that one, this was the other one, (laughs) this was where the blood pressure goes up, this is where, like, you don't feel good, you know, and, and um, I remember telling God, I said, I have the right to be angry, look at all the stuff that I've endured, no, I have the right to be angry, I'm going to stay angry, and so after I kind of, you know. In my own head, I blew off some steam, and then I said, okay, Lord, what do you want to say? Let me hear, let me hear you. And it was like I immediately I, I, I heard the Lord say, no, you don't have the right to be angry. And then he said, let me tell you what you have the right to, though. You do have the right. Let me tell you what you have the right to. You are mine. You're my child. My whole kingdom is next to you stands next to you and actually the kingdom of God is in us because of Jesus Christ it's in us but you know there's a phrase when someone comes and stands next to you it's your support you know in that sense the Lord said the whole kingdom of God comes and stands next to you when the heart is being cleaned by me by you when we do that when we clean the heart when we do our part the kingdom of God and comes and stands with us and he said I'll tell you what you have the right to you have the right to have enough mercy to give them. You have the right to give them grace. You have the right, the right to joyfully endure. You have the right that your peace is not taken. You have the right to joy. Now, I, I, I haven't succeeded and I don't succeed uh, all the time. But, but I, I do know and I have to bring myself quickly back into this. I have to clean my heart quickly. When the anger comes, Uh, you have the, he said, you have the right to be free from the anger. You have the right to not want this right anymore. You have the right for all the things that that are part of me. You have the right not to be hurt, not to be offended. You have the right that the pain goes away. John 1, 12, as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. What is the right we have? Yes, we're children of God and we have eternal life. But there's a, there is a, a, an actual practical rights, abilities through the Holy Spirit that come into our life. Where the character and the nature of the Lamb of God comes into us. And we're able to release that. And God says, you be the Lamb. I'll be the lion. Let it go. So, we, so the invitation is change the version. Change the version today. Step into the edited version in the conversations in the head. And I felt like just, you know, uh, I felt like in, in the tombstones, I felt like, Lord, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it die an invitation to die so let's just why, why don't we do that let's ask the Lord hold your hands like this and and in your hands picture picture the version you want God to edit or the version he's already edited it but you may you may not be seeing it just hold out the old version. Think of the person, the people. Think of the situation. Close your eyes and just allow the Holy Spirit to remind you. Lord, here's my pain. Lord, here's my injustice. Here's the wrong done to me. Here's the wrong done by me. Lord I'm receiving your word. I'm yours. God of justice and righteousness. I'm not going to carry it anymore, Lord. God, I give it to you. Jesus, I'm letting it go. I let go of the fear. You know what I've done on my own to try to bring justice. Forgive me for closing my heart in order to protect myself. Closing my heart to others, to sinners, to to brothers and sisters, to family members. Forgive me, Lord. I let go of everything that comes with that being in the tombs, being feeling unjustly dealt with, Lord. The betrayal, the victimhood, Lord, all of it, it's in my hands now. The bitterness, unforgiveness, feeling maybe I'm unworthy to, why has this happened to me? Lord, it's in my hands. I'm now placing it. I'm giving it to you. In fact, I'm putting it on the cross. Lord, because I know that from that cross, everything goes into a tomb, another tomb. And in this tomb, there's life and resurrection. Lord, in this tomb, there's freedom. It's gone from me now, Lord. It's gone. I give it to you. Lord, help me not to pick up the old version again. And when I pick it up, Lord... Help me to quickly, quickly remember. Quickly remember, Lord. I thank you for your, your presence of freedom inside of me now, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to continue in this. Seal what you've spoken in my spirit and in my, in my heart now. Seal what you've spoken to my mind, Lord. And bring it to fullness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I was re- remembering uh, uh, how sometimes, like when you're watching TV, you you see like uh, an interview, and in the interview, there is a person being interviewed because something really bad happened, and the way they speak is, yeah, and and we will never be the same. This we will never be the same. We we will always have nightmares. We will, you know, we will have. Um, this has caused um, loss in my life that can never be replaced, you know. And, and I always end up feeling I'm depressed when I hear the, that interview. I feel so bad. I'm depressed, like uh, you know, what's being released is like a hopelessness, you know. And then you hear other people being interviewed that walk with a revised version, you know. Like I remember um, interview by uh, what's her name, um, Jesus Culture, Kim uh, Kim Walker. She, she, is, she was abused as a child, and someone asked her in an interview, she said, Kim, how, what, how do you explain to people um, about the justice of God? Because the person hasn't been, you know, may not never acknowledge what they've done. And, you know, she said, when my life is free from the pain of what was done to me, that's justice. So when I listened to her story, I was filled with this kind of, wow, I was inspired. I was so inspired. So it's like the Lord, uh, to that tormented man, the man who had the demons in him, he said, he said, you wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus said, no, go back to your village and tell them what I did. So it's like the Lord is saying to us, you know what, you are being sent You're being sent. You have an inspiring story. God has to use something. God uses something to turn it to something. God used the water to turn it to wine. God uses injustice to give you justice. So the injustice in your life, the pain in your life, God is going to take that. He's going to take the material of that and change it into your inspiring story. So be blessed And go with that knowing that you are his and you're in a new version of your own story. God bless you.
2: you. you. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to take a few minutes. She reminded me the stories from Lebanon. We were uh, in the war, too, in Lebanon. And uh, we were very young. We had three children. And uh, my husband was very young back then, not even 40 years old. Maybe he was 36 years old. And one day he was driving from work to home. And uh, like Salpi said, There was no police back then, everybody can do anything. Can, they can carry guns, they can kill you, no one uh, was care about you. And so, they stopped my husband. Uh, there, There was two, three parties back then against each other. But my husband, he wasn't in anything. He has three children, he was working hard, he's coming from a poor guy, they stopped him. And the gun in his hand, one of them, and uh, he's gonna shoot him without reason, no questioning. And the other one, he's telling his friend that he's holding gun. Poor guy, leave him alone. He did nothing, and he didn't shoot him. He came home, he's telling me this story. That song that we sing, the last song, All My Life, each time we sing it, and I cry. Because there is lots of reasons to that, not just that. I'm telling you, we were running from war everywhere, carrying these children and running. They're shooting, they're bombing, but we're carrying the children and we're one, uh, running in the street. I thank God every minute, but God had planned for us. Because of that, we decide that we have to leave this country. We have to go. We left everything, house, car, everything, no money, no nothing. They send us the ticket from uh, Canada, refugee ticket, and we, we left everything and we came to Canada. We brought three of our children to Canada. We weren't safe back then. Especially my husband, he wasn't safe. <coughs> my mom and his mom, they were Christian. They were very Christian. But he wasn't safe. The first year we came to Canada. First first time Dr. Young Brother came, I get saved first day. The second day he came with me and he was saved. Wow. So for thirty-eight years, thank you, Jesus. We're with him. God has a plan for us, like Salpi said. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Jesus Christ has purchased the right to rewrite and edit your life. If you don't know that, today is the day. Come and speak to Salby. Come and speak to me and we'll pray over you. Okay? We'll close with that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the powerful word that you spoke to us today. May it truly sink into the deep, deep hearts of our soul, of our spirit. So that we may recognize your hand as you are editing our lives. Thank you, O God of Joseph, for what you have done in bringing us not only that story, but that promise for me, for us, for each of us. Lord, so we bless you. We bless the word, Lord God, and we ask that your blessing rest upon it, that it remain fresh in all of the circumstances and everything that we go through, Lord, that we recognize that the God of Joseph is with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in peace. Have a great week. And we will see you back here next Sunday.